Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Businesses are increasingly under pressure to be transparent about the environmental, social, and governance impacts of their organizations. These ESG impacts are driving investor behavior, consumer behavior, and even companies' abilities to attract and retain talent. It is a rapidly evolving paradigm, and companies are struggling to find individuals with the skills to implement a robust ESG reporting structure. In order to bridge that gap, the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade has partnered with the BCIT School of Business and Media to launch an ESG Fundamentals Micro-Credential, one of the first of its kind. Today, I'm joined by two of the instructors who helped spearhead the program, BCIT Program Coordinator Amy Fell and Sustainable Business Leadership Program Head Tessa Jordan. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having us, Bridget. Thanks, Bridget. Happy All right, here. let's dig in here. Amy, I'm going to start with you. It seems to me that it was months ago that we had a conversation with you about what we saw was a pretty rapidly developing need in the business community for some fundamental understanding about ESG and how to bring that back into uh, an organization. And one of you or both of you said, wow, this would be a great fit for a micro-credential. Now, for those who are listening in that maybe don't have a great understanding about what a micro-credential is, why don't we start there and what BCIT is doing in that space? Sure. Thank you. So micro-credentials are like short training programs um, that help participants or companies um, quickly master new skills and gain knowledge that they're looking for. So you talked about um, uh, the growing um, issues with hiring or replacing talent or finding new talent, those kinds of things, right? So some, some of the ways that you can keep them is actually through training. Micro-credentials provide you that little bit that you can offer in short amounts of time that address your needs in that, in that exact moment. Um, so short, on-demand, addressing your needs. And you're right, because uh, attracting, well, and probably more importantly, or as importantly as retaining talent is the need. Many employees are saying professional development. That's what they're looking for. So micro-credentials can be offered in a pretty short space of time. Is that right? That's right. And there, there is this thing, like there's a, a employee value proposition of working for a company, right? And that keeps you there. That helps you retain people. But there's an employer value proposition in actually offering training that is aligned with an employee's development needs, how they see themselves contributing and making a meaningful contribution to um, the work at that company and that the work that that company is doing in the greater kind of in the in their region or the, you know, the, the country or the, the world. I'm all for those um, short but meaty kinds of uh, programs as well, because it feels like you're achieving something pretty fast. Let's talk about sustainability. And we'll get to the content of the ESG fundamentals in a minute. But, you know, this whole conversation about sustainability has evolved so much, especially as of late. So where are we now comparatively to where we were a few years ago? I took over as program chair for sustainable business leadership at BCIT in 2018. And it's been a whirlwind um, since 2018, about three months after I took over as program chair, the intergovernmental 
panel on climate change released their, their really historic report that said, we have 12 years to limit catastrophic global warming to 1.5 degrees C. And I think that was a really catalyzing moment for business back in 2018. Um, as program chair for sustainable business at BCIT, we did significant stakeholder engagement in 2018, 2019, pre-pandemic. And we started to hear businesses from all sectors, all industries across the region saying, we want to be a significant part of the solution. Um, and so it's been really interesting to see how those conversations about social and environmental sustainability have been accelerated by the pandemic, whether it's the movement for Black Lives, reconciliation, the heat domes we've been experiencing in BC, the floods. Um, we're really seeing businesses have this all hands on deck kind of approach to sustainability um, and not having it siloed off into one kind of department over in one region, maybe like a robust CSR strategy, but not really integrated throughout the company. And so what we're seeing, I, I, I really believe what we're seeing in business right now is the shift away um, from shareholder primacy and towards stakeholder primacy. And business is just looking for ways to meaningfully contribute, not only to the economic well-being of the region, but also to a socially just and ecologically sustainable region. So you mentioned uh, CSR, Tessa, and I, I think there's um, maybe some gap in understanding or maybe uh, a little bit of um, switching up the terms of ESG and CSR. What, like, what are some of the differences? Oh, Bridget, I love this question. <laughs> um, this is, I think, one of the most important questions as we switch up the terminology from CSR to sustainability to ESG to social purpose business to impact driven business. What we're really doing when we talk about ESG is to try to standardize how we talk about the non-financial impacts of your business. So CSR, corporate social responsibility, of course, is a key piece of ESG. Um, and that responsibility piece is so important. But historically, CSR has sometimes been siloed within, organi within an organization. It's been seen as a function area um, that is responsible for certain deliverables, but is not necessarily integrated into the company's financial performance. And so as we shift from talking about CSR to talking about ESG, we're really talking about bringing together purpose and profit. And that's why investors like this so much. So Amy, I am going to go to you now. When we um, talk about this ESG fundamentals micro credential, it's a bit of a mouthful with so many syllables. Who are we really talking about that this will be geared towards? And, and what are some of the outcomes that, that attendees can expect to get out of the program? Yeah, this is funny because Tessa and I chatted this morning, like, how would we characterize these folks? Um, and so we came up with the term curious doers because the action orientation is, is incredibly important here. They're wanting to do and needing to do things. Um, and the curiosity is the driver that asks the question that compels the, the need for change that kind of um, strives, right? It, it, it 
gives that that um, sense of momentum. So I, I see them as kind of curious doers that they're comfortable asking big questions, um, that they're okay being uncertain and acting anyways, um, that they know uh, that they will find themselves in the arena. I don't know if anyone follows Brene Brown, but um, you know, mm-hmm. you're in the arena, you're feeling like you've just taken on more than you could ever take on and and you're going to get up and you're going to keep going you're going to keep trying because it is the purpose of what you're doing that matters most and um yeah so i think that that's an important piece of this um they can expect that they're going to be we we use a what we call a three by 30 model so in the in corporate training we spend a third of the time um looking at theory a third of the time looking at um, the practice of what it is. So that can be through case studies, that can be through guests and and that. And in this training, we actually have experts that are going to be coming in and sharing their story of leading. Um, In the case of the governance workshop, there'll be somebody there talking about governance, somebody talking about social impact and somebody talking about environmental impact. And so we're going to have that that component of it. And then the last piece is around the uh, practice. So what are they going to what are they going to build for their roadmap? How are they going to put these things into practice when they leave to connect the theory or the knowledge with the doing? And Um, this is really for, I mean, there's lots of structured processes out there for organizations to become certified. And I'm thinking that it's quite a different process than what this fundamental micro-credential is. Yeah, maybe Tessa can weigh in on that part of it. Yeah, I think that Bridget, when we think about um, all the existing amazing resources out there, this micro-credential is designed to amplify what's already great that's going on out there. And so rather than advocating for a particular program or a particular certification or a particular course of action, what we're really interested in is meeting people where they are in their organization, figuring out what their biggest risks and opportunities are, and helping them to act on those, to mitigate those biggest risks and take advantage of those biggest opportunities. Um, So it's much more towards the strategic conversations. And once we can get a good sense of who are the key stakeholders and where are the biggest places where we have risks and the biggest places where we have opportunities, then we can think more about down the line about how we want to go through a particular certification program or something like that. But what we're really excited about is finding out for our participants, where are they at today? Where do they want to go? And how are they going to design a roadmap that is in line with um, science-based targets and all of these important social equity issues? So there's a literacy piece, right? So we'll get trained up on what are all of the key terminology and, and the things you need to know to be a good and like active part of the conversation, but no matter where you are, if you're at the beginning of your journey, if you're in a mid stage, or if you've been doing this work for a while, the goal of a BCIT micro-credential is to give you practical opportunities to advance your knowledge of the topic area. So, so yeah, we're, we're really excited to bring, bring these strategic conversations about, about impact um, to all kinds of organizations. And Amy, this particular micro-credential on ESG is a nice fit for BCIT. I mean, we didn't come to BCIT just because, you know, we thought, thought saw that there was an opportunity for the corporate um, professional training or the corporate education, but there's also an alignment with BCIT here. Yeah, so 
BCT, obviously, we're known for hands-on training and we're known for applied learning and those sorts of things. And, and the micro-credential component of it, we just actually have been awarded that ability to offer that. Um, I think it was actually in the midst of the pandemic. Was it like in 2020, Tessa? Something like that. Um, and so this is uh, um, exciting for us because that applied hands-on, short, in-demand act- opportunity um, in the moment, being able to do that quickly for industry in that kind of way. So it's not a two-year diploma, which have which are important and offer kind of the, the fundamentals or foundational skills. This is like in-demand, short snippet type things, right? And so being able to offer that now is a, is a great opportunity for us moving towards um, or serving our vision, which is empowering people, shaping BC and inspiring global progress. So being able to do that in these short, on-demand, quick opportunities is it has been amazing. Well, we spoke to our members through a survey just uh, recently, and one of their top two business challenges is around the labor shortage and around just attracting and retaining talent. So clearly employers are looking for this kind of training to be able to really, um, I think, uh, improve the experience, the employee experience. Um, Tessa, when you look at this particular micro credential though, um, the first cohort was filled up so fast and we've got more in the making and trying to work on schedules with that. But what are you seeing um, as far as uh, demand? You know, we made the announcement uh, several weeks ago and now there's word getting out, but do you see there's a lot of demand for ESG fundamentals? Yeah. I mean, Bridget, the selling out so quickly, we had an inkling that there was the demand. Um, But I would say when that first post went out on LinkedIn, um, announcing uh, the number of reach outs that I got individually, just to say this is exactly what the sector needs was really um, wonderful to see from seasoned sustainability, CSR, ESG folks, and also people who are just joining the conversation. Um, I think there was this sense of of just excitement that there was going to be some accessible training that where people were going to be able to upskill quickly. So I think there, for me, the demand piece is a couple of things. Um, it's people are tuned into these issues around environmental impact, social equity, um, the economic pieces around the labor shortage and wanting to retain and keep good talent. And they're, they're tuned in and they're looking for practical tools. Um, so during the pandemic, I often joke, I think I attended like maybe on average 20 webinars a month. Like I could, I was just doing webinar after webinar after <laughs> webinar. But then, you know, that feeling like you learn something new and you want to be able to put it into action. And, and so I think when we were designing this training and in terms of what the market was asking for, I think they were asking like, wow, there's so much great stuff out there. Can somebody please walk me through how to turn all that great stuff into in the arena type actions in my organization. So when you ask about demand, I think it's really, that's where we're seeing the demand is we're seeing um, it's no longer about the, like, why should we do this? It's, it's about the, how, how can we do this? Um, And, and really education and training, but also community building, like that building a community of folks um, who are doing this work together is I think what we're really hearing uh, from folks, which is really exciting. 
So that's the why and the how. Amy, I'll get you to fill out the who. So who are some of the individuals who are going to be teaching the content and sharing their expertise? So we have three. Um, so there's Tessa and I that are going to be the, the main facilitators. And then there are um, joining us for the governance uh, workshop is um, Jeff Pegg from TELUS. Jeff's the director of sustainability environment at TELUS. I mean, we invited uh, Jeff to come in first and, and really went with the G. People might be wondering, but it's ESG. But we, we're going with the G first um, because it really matters, that governance piece, the how you implement it across, across your organization. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's Jeff, director of, of, of sustainability and environment at TELUS. And then we have Tim from Shandos. He's the president of Shandos Construction. And um, one of the things that's uh, really exciting about those of you who are familiar with Shandos is they're employee owned. Um, and so um, Tim's going to come and talk to us about the S impact area uh, because they they ha- are doing a, a lot of great work on the people piece of, of ES of ES and G. Um, and then we've, and then for our third uh, speaker, we've got Allison Coates from Van City, um, and she's their director of climate strategy and performance at Van City. And and again, Van City came out and made some made some pretty ambitious 2040 targets, and so we wanted participants to be able to uh, learn from some of these folks that are that are um, setting these ambitious ambitious targets. So I know I jumped in there on Amy, on Amy's answer, but one of the things I'm really excited about as the sustainable business uh, person um, in our collaboration is that we're really bringing together these sustainable business experts with what Amy brings to the table. And, and I'll, I'll tune Amy's horn because she probably won't do it herself. <laughs> um, and I'll just say that Amy's got this behavior science background. And, and so to bring together that behavior science piece, and all of the experience and expertise of BCIT corporate training and to bring in these experts um, who are doing the work and to have the participants be able to interact with and get coaching from these industry leaders. I think, uh, so I jumped in on that who question there, Bridget, but I, I just couldn't resist because it's, um, it's something that I'm really excited about, the collaborative nature of the credential. Well, well it's I- funny actually, Bridget, because... Uh, so yeah, so Tessa and I, when we came together, Tessa has the 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 what part and um, does you know has an amazing background experience and network um, to bring in the people and and to define the the ES and G factors and and kind of connect it all. And then the piece that I'm kind of helping to bring about is like how do we put these things into practice, right? So you can go, you can do webinars, you can you can get a bunch of information, you can read a bunch of books, but then you're st- stuck standing there thinking like, how do I do this? Like, where do I start? What's first? What's next? Um, and so I, I've been working with Tessa to bring in some of that behavior science component to kind of help people figure out what is it that they're looking at? Um, or Tessa's figuring out the what, and then it's like, okay, so how are you going to talk to your organization about that? Who do you need to get involved? How, how do you act on these things? Um, who needs to know about it? Uh, you know, the actual practice of engaging an organization in a change, leading it, influencing it, um, predicting behaviors or understanding behaviors as you encounter them, all those components um, are going to be part of what we're going to be working with um, the participants on so that when they get when they they go and they try this 
then they can come back and they can say, oh my gosh, it went so great. Or that didn't go good at all. That didn't go well at all. I'm like at the bottom of the arena. I'm face down in the dirt. Like someone help me up and we'll all be there, right? It'll be Tessa and I and all their, their, co- their cohort there to say, okay, let's get back up. Let's figure this out. I can tell you a little bit about, you know, what happened when I did this. Here's the little, some cues or some, some insight that you can take and maybe change and contextualize for your organization to really make this happen and work. And, and um, yeah, you can move some things forward. Well, I am so grateful for the collaboration with the both of you to bring this to life. And I am so excited to see um, what the results of the first cohort are going to be and the feedback from all of the participants in, in regards to how they're going to take this to their own organization. I have a feeling that we are at the beginning of a really exciting journey together and helping to build capacity in local businesses. So Amy and Tessa, thank you so much for your partnership and collaboration and for the conversation today. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. And Amy is the Continuing Professional Education Program Coordinator in the BCIT School of Business and Media. And Tessa Jordan is the Program Head for the Sustainable Business Leadership Program and Faculty in the Communication Department at BCIT. Thanks so much, both of you. Thank you. Thank you.